Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I am with Carol Schrader, who is a veteran of the wine industry. She's also a marketing and creative genius, and she was the proprietor of the highest rated cab in the Napa Valley. It got 35 100 point ratings. So impressive. Carol, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh my goodness, I'm blushing and it's truly my honor to be here with you, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're too kind. Your career is a fascinating story because you literally traveled here and ended up working in a tasting room. How did that happen? I did. I came to the valley and fell in love with it and decided I wanted to learn about wine from the inside out and started at Rutherford Hill Winery um, in part because one of their sons was really handsome and I thought that'd be a great place to start. Why not? (laughs) Why not go to a good environment? And I had the good fortune to be working with the Jaeger family, Bill and Lila and Bell and Barney Rhodes, who were just phenomenal icons in the wine industry. And I was the gal that you would see when you came in to taste. And would you like some Gewürztraminer? Can I move you on to some Merlot? And I was having such a great time and amazing team. And then the person who had been in charge of their hospitality left to go back to school. And the Jaegers and the, the team asked me if I'd like to try that role as hospitality director. And I jumped at the chance. And really opened up opportunities in learning more about wine and events and food and wine and music. And it, it truly became just a dream fulfilled, you know, at my first stop in the Napa Valley. And it was just amazing journey. It's a great story. You went on to work for a number of wine brands, Chandon, Domaine Carneros, Franciscan, also wine.com. What did you learn from all those positions that ultimately helped you when you joined Schrader Sellers? The thing that I most learned in this journey has been be with great people. In each of the properties you just mentioned, the brands you mentioned, I worked with people that inspired me, lifted me up, helped me learn um, each component of my career prepared me for the for the opportunity that really came about with Schrader. I, I had gone further than I could ever have imagined when I started here, then took all of that expertise and was very fortunate to hook up with Fred in obviously more ways than one and um, start working, taking his brand forward with Thomas Brown and growing it from a, you know, very small 400 cases up to what became um, the most influential cab brand um, coming out of of Napa Valley. I mean, it's an amazing story. You worked on that brand for 15 years. You You credit Thomas Brown with quite a bit for the success of the brand. Why sell? I cannot overstate the brilliance and impact of Thomas on Schrader. 
that the vision he had coming into the Bechtoffer Tokelon Vineyards and, and the Bechtoffer Las Piedras and um, the Bechtoffer George III, his vision to find the sweet spot and create these wines that truly had not been created. These are vineyards that were established. Other people were making wines out of them. And what he found in through viticultural and vinification and brought forward for Schrader, I just, I can't ever thank him enough for, for what he did for people like, like myself that love wine. So with all that, that great information about Thomas, going back to your question of why sell, interestingly, it came about in a very unique way. Fred and I have been loping along with Schrader. Things were going very, very well. The vintage was, vintages just kept coming along with strength after strength. And one of going back to your comment about where I had worked previously, I worked with a fantastic person named Chris Fernstrom uh, and Bill Newlands at Shandon. And Chris and I had continued to stay in contact. And one day we were down at Via Corona, down in Napa, having lunch, having our Taco Tuesday. And it had, we were talking right after we had just gotten another round of amazing scores. And, and he was kind of laughing and saying, you know, what's next for you guys? You kind of, you kind of hit home run after home run. And he said, what's the next step? And I jokingly said, well, you know, I, I, I guess I thought someday the people from Mandate might call and have an interest in taking us to the prom, but you know, and, and he laughed and he was saying, well, you know, where Bill Newlands is now. I said, uh, nope. He said he had just joined Constellation's team. And so Interestingly, Chris and Fred and I talked, and then Chris whispered in Bill's ear that there might be an opportunity. And, you know, literally there was not another company that I could think of with the resources they have in the Tokelon Vineyard that could have taken Schrader forward into the future in a more responsible and more dedicated way with the vineyard sourcing. They are the source of Tokelon. I mean, it just, it's, it was in my mind kismet to take this brand that we love, that we have worked so hard on and cultivated and nurtured and really dedicated it to sites and where the, the sourcing is coming for the grapes and then transition it to an exceptional team, a constellation brand and the Mon Robert Mondavi winery team with Thomas Brown is leading all the winemaking efforts on the Schrader brand still today. Um, it seemed in my heart, it was the most responsible way for the brand to go forward beyond Fred and I. And I just, I really, I was so excited that there was an enthusiasm on both sides and it was a seamless, easy transition transaction. And today uh, the wines are just spectacular. They're bringing in the new vineyard sites from the Mandavi side, the monastery block, which is fantastic monumental monastery i refer to it as and the heritage clone which is an old robert mandavi clone and then also wapo hill so when people asked me you know oh my gosh you know you're selling what does this mean i authentically and honestly said it means you're going to have more great wine this is the team these are the people that can make that happen and it has been just a joy i've been working with them since the transaction um, and it's just been, you know, fun to see the, the new developments, the new creative developments that they're taking forward. And so the reason for selling was not, I would say, intentional, but opportunistic. 
opportunity came to us. And so it really has worked out very well. You sold your namesake. How's that feel? I mean, your name is on the bottle. As you asked me that, I it's an interesting reflection. I am so proud that my name's on the bottle. I have always been excited to see our bottles come out because, again, starting in a tasting room, the idea that my name is on the bottle now, it's a bit surreal. It's thrilling. It's the highest accomplishment I could have imagined for myself in wine. So if it was going to move forward to someone else, I go back to my comment. I am super proud of who's taking it forward. I'm super excited about what they're doing. And quite honestly, as the wines just continue to make great accomplishments, it's great to put my name in at the reservations desk and say, hi, I'm Carol Schrader. And and have a lovely table with a bottle of wine waiting for me. So it's, it's, it was the right time for us to move forward with the right team. But thank you for honoring that. We do need to talk about the fact that you are a marketing and creative genius. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's one of your traits that helped Schrader achieve the success that it did. But you also have a number of other clients. You have a, a company. Let's talk about that. Well, if I can share a fun story about Schrader and, and creative. Please. Um, you know, I'd come from a background where you would develop designs and they'd be presented at committee and they'd go through review after review after review and then they'd, you know, modify it a little bit and modify a little bit more. And, and so you're, the essence of your creative, by the time it actually got on the bottle, had modified to accommodate other people's opinions. And the most fun aspect of Schrader in terms of creative and design is, yeah, we'd be sitting at home and we decide we're going to do a new label. And I'd head into my office and doodle something up and come running out and say, what do you think about this? And, you know, Fred would go, hey, I like it. And I go, <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, <laughs> such was the case with the Sparky, with the dragon, the fire-breathing dragon. So we're coming up with our... Top mark, and you know, at the time in the valley, people were doing honorariums to the leaders and pictures and emblems and initials. And, and so, we decided for the sparky having a sparky fire breathing dragon, and, and that was to represent you know our fearless leader, Fred. And because Fred was a bit fancy, I'd found this piece of artwork and then I photoshopped a crown on top of it. So, you know, we're laughing and and we can do this. It's us. We don't have a board to present it in front of. So then I thought it'd be fun to have a little knock, knock, you know, a little kind of joke or a little story on it. And, um, I came up with a poem and this is back before the internet. So I have this poem and I want to translate it into Latin. It's a graphic Latin poem. Well, it was kind of tough to find something translated to Latin back in 2002 and I thought, oh, wait a minute, there's Justin Siena High School down in Napa. So I reached out to the Latin teacher, and he said he'd be happy to help me translate. So I faxed it down, and then he faxed it back to me, and I put it on a label. And um, so going forward for your, your audience, I can tell you a little secret. On the outside of a Sparky bottle... That text writing on the outside means, when translated, 
When drinking a red, you must think with your head. When opening a bottle, let it be Fred. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just having fun with this label. It's like, you know, it's, it's fun. We have the freedom to just have fun. Well, then going forward as the wine started garnering attention, wine spectator, Jim Lobby wrote, the iconic sparky dragon. I'm like, holy crap, we're iconic now. (laughs) So the the fun has always been with with Schrader because it was us. You know, it was Thomas and Fred and I and me and Fred and Thomas. We could make these decisions that were just lighthearted and and really play with them and have fun with them. And so that freedom was a great um, foil to where I'd come from a more structured situation to now having a much more kind of playful, convivial, um, just fling it out there and see how it goes. And thankfully the wines were magnificent, so it gave them a great platform to be seen. But that also uh, leads to all your other work in marketing and creative endeavors. I mean, you've had a very impressive client list of, of work that you've done, and I think it was only springboarded with Schrader. Would you say that's accurate? The essence of my work, the strength, the main strength of my creative work really came from Shandon. Oh. And then from Shandon, um, I was recruited over to Francisco Mm -hmm. States, actually the week that it was bought by Constellation Brands, which is kind of interesting that all things circle back. Then from Constellation Brands, I went to Wine.com. So when Wine.com had its big implosion, explosion, the day that things changed at at Wine.com in 2001, the springboard really for me became that I had all this great background with really big companies and accomplished companies that, that had tremendous resources. I actually initially focused my energies on helping, helping family wineries starting new projects. And it was it gave me great joy to go into someone that potentially could not go to a big agency and take an agency level of expertise and, and experience and help guide them as they develop their family brands. So it's funny... Um, the other night I was going through and looking at some of my older files and those labels that I created 20, 25 years ago are still in place today for the family brands. And I'm, I'm honored to see my work continues to benefit them and to see what they've done with their initial labels. They were, when they started out, they were so excited and to watch someone make their first decisions on their brand and what feels right to them, what speaks to them from a gamut of, you know, eight to 10 different concepts and they choose one and that it still resonates with them, you know, two decades later, that has been just a a great reward. And then to your point with Schrader, now kind of the next gamut is coupling that larger brand experience with this really intimate growing a brand from, you know, 400 cases to what it's achieved, you know, with Thomas's brilliance in winemaking, Um, And also, we had a great team. I really am so proud of the people that um, came to work with Schrader and and really helped make it the intimate experience that it was for our mailing list members in that we delivered great wines, but we also, I really believe, gave great customer experience and, and welcoming experience. As you said 
you moved to the Napa Valley in roughly 1985, and we've talked about all of your experience. Is there a person that you can attribute that has been a mentor or helped guide you along the way to your successful career? I have been so fortunate. Um, there have been people that have touched my life in, in different ways. Um, interestingly, Bell Rhodes, who I mentioned from Rutherford Hill, coming up from Los Angeles, and that was one of my first points of contact with people at this magical level of wine. She was all grace and kindness. She was, in my mind, the most beautifully sophisticated yet welcomely friendly person. So she inspired me to what wine country life is. And um, Donnie Dyer, winemaker at Shandon, just phenomenal person that really was instrumental in me getting to Shandon and continues to be a mentor today. She's just among the finest people I know in the Valley. And then Chris Fernstrom, who I mentioned with um, the the sale of Schrader, he and I worked together at Shandon, and he is just the most uplifting, motivational person you can work with and just inspired me to always reach further than I thought I could reach. And then also Bill Nolans. He fought to keep me at, at Shandon and fought for me and supported me at wine.com and just really all of these people believed in me that just made the journey so so magical. What's on the horizon? Thankfully, more wine. Uh, so, you know, following Schrader, I have been, I've been working with um, Constellation Brands, and then I have been working with um, Fred on his Borsi project. Um, and the, the joy is that now I have the clean air that I've been taking on design projects, which I love. I absolutely love brand development and, and package design, and have been working with Alicia Ragushi, who is just a fantastic fourth-generation Napa Valley um, Vintner on her new endeavor, her solo endeavor, and then working on a new project for a trio of um, KHK, which is Jim Keller and Tommy Hall and Thomas Keller on a new brand project, which is exciting. And then also I was invited to be a partner of a wine brand that I adore, um, River Rain, which quite honestly, I've been buying their wines for more than a decade. And they, two of the partners came to me and said, we'd love to bring you in as a partner on leading creative and D2C and, and working with sales. And I jumped at the chance. So I am back in the Vintner business again, baby. So apparently she doesn't have enough to do. She just has to, you know, do more, do more, do what you love. That's true. Do what you love. And that's this part, this, this riverine team is just this is the party I want to be at. I just so enjoy these people. They are um, friends and wine lovers, and they just, we complement each other very well. We have different strengths and I'm sure different challenges. Um, but yeah, no, so that's, Riverine is a, a brand new endeavor for me, and I'm super excited. Well, you said you've been supporting it for a while. What makes it so special? Well, I will say the wines are made by Thomas Brown. That's always the best way to say how special it is. Um, and then I really have enjoyed their attention to sourcing. They're very, they are vineyard specific. So they're doing Cabernet out of the Tench Vineyard and they're doing 
uh, in Napa Valley, and they're doing Sauvignon Blanc out of the Gamble Vineyard in Napa Valley. And then they're doing a Pinot Noir from Silver Eagle Vineyard out in Sonoma Coast, which has a very dear spot in my heart in that it was uh, founded and developed by Ulysses Valdez, just this amazing benchmark uh, viticulturalist that um, also worked with us on Borzu. And and the wines coming out of there are just, there's a, there's a creaminess and a spice box component that, you know, with the fruit, it's honestly there's several people producing out of that vineyard um and each one is is just has a resonance with me so i thankfully get to put my name on the label of one of them now so i'm very excited hi i'm Hema quinn senior relationship manager in comerica's wine industry group i've spent over 20 years helping wine artisan and business owners pursue their dreams this means understanding what makes their winery special and determining the best path forward Comerica's wine portfolio includes wineries like Dumal, Wente Family Estates, Klein Family Cellars, and many more. And we'd love an opportunity to work with you. To learn more about Comerica's wine services, come find us at our offices, 1000 Main Street, downtown Napa. Well, let's shift to your personal life. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If I took a step inside your home here in St. Helena, what would we see how how do you describe your decorating style light airy happy comfortable um the nickname for this is called the happy house and it's i think being here is just the minute you walk through the door hopefully you felt it calmness comfort i'm at ease as i'm very fortunate that it also has a fantastic garden so um, I think my style is come on in and get comfortable, you know, in, in where I like to be. You have some fantastic artwork. Ooh, I'd love to give a shout out on that. Well, I think you should. <laughs> this is all of these pieces. I have a little obsession going with the artwork of Jeff Ellsworth. And so Jeff is, um, a St. Elizabeth native. And he actually was uh, our mayor and on the town council. And his parents had the complete winemaker years and years and years ago. And his mother, Phoebe, is also an artist. So whenever I see his paintings come up at like fundraisers or in local shops, I grab as many as I can. And then the one behind me, he actually did a portrait of my dog, Norman, for me. So um, again, just I find them, I think they just have a, a brightness to them that, light up the room yeah they're fantastic they're large scale and they add a lot of color to the space favorite room in your home probably living room why lightness it's just it's surrounded by windows Mm -hmm. and then during the day um you know the, the i have a great landscaper here that really cultivates the native plants and you know lots of color and aromatics and and um i'm fortunately in a place where it's more remote so I can be sitting here reading, doing my work, um, and bluebirds are coming to the fountain, and squirrels are running down the fence. And Okay, so I have had a few challenges with possums and skunks. Um, and you have? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. There's nothing quite like I had a friend coming up, come up from Newport with me, and um, the little trap that covers up the bottom of the house had been pulled off. So I'm like, oh, 
we need to call Isaac the Trapper. And he's a live trapper. He catches and he does like Captain Crunch and peanut butter and puts a trap out for them. So he came right up and he put the traps up. And and so my friend and I came in and had a glass of wine. Now, this is a gal from Newport. So this is this farm living is not her name, <laughs> right. normal thing. So she said, I'm going to check and see if the trap has, you know, been something's in the trap. Well, sure enough, there was something in the trap. And I said, what do you think it is? She, she said, I'm sure it's a skunk. So here's a skunk that we've now in the trap with his peanut butter and his marshmallows and his Captain Crunch. And I said, like, I can't get there for a couple hours. And so we're sitting here with just like waves of skunk set going by. Um, so needless to say, it's, I am in St. Helena and we are still in the country. But the the one, hopefully a funny thing I'll tell you is when he had caught a possum before and a raccoon. He said, yeah, skunks are more for obvious reasons. <laughs> so, there, <laughs> so there's a different cost on whichever, whatever critter you're catching. But you know, he takes them. He's this wonderful man. He takes them back. He makes sure that they aren't rabid. He makes sure they're healthy. And then he releases them up in the high country. And he's just, you know, he's a very special person. Mm-hmm. So I have to believe there must be a skunk repellent that people can buy to keep them away, right? I've heard that there's something like lion poop or something like that. The, oh my goodness. The thing is in, you know, if I'm not here, if I'm traveling and the house is empty, the, you know, the, the animals go, Oh, look at warm house, little water heater, probably a leak or two here and there. So this is like the happy, you know, happy critter condominium, you know, and they just, they can sneak in underneath. So now fortunately they've reinforced it and we're, we're about a year, um, critter free. So I feel like I get a critter free trip. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) When you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to listen to? I love, um, I love music. Music's kind of my thing. I love Americana. You know, just kind of singer-songwriter. Um, I love Hawaiian music, like old-style slack-key guitar Hawaiian music, I think is very soothing. Um, it's funny, I build playlists for my dog when I leave. And so I can dial it into Creamy Sleepy, which gets me about two hours. But then I've happened on someone I know is into, like, meditation, and they had these Gregorian chants. I'm like, oh, that'll put Joe out. So when I put on the Gregorian chance, that buys me about four hours out of the house before oh Joe will wake up for a snap. But um, mostly just kind of, I love great lyrics. I love lyrics that tell a story. Um, I also love, you know, old Dylan, old, um, I'm a Stones girl. I love Zeppelin, old Zeppelin. Last just, concert you saw, live concert. I think it was Drew Holcomb and the neighbors, this, this singer songwriter I love. Okay. I saw him back in Nashville and he's just at the rhyme and he's just, he's, he's amazing. He actually wrote a song called the wine we drink. And I saw him, um, he was playing down. I'd heard his music, but he only played on the East coast. This is about 10 years ago. And he popped up at the hotel cafe down in Los Angeles. And I said, I'm flying down. I want to go see this, you know, cause usually he didn't come this far West. So I flew down. It's a little place. You go in, it's, you know, open seating or standing. And he and his wife start singing this song called The Wine We Drink. I'm like, that'd be me. You know, this is hello. So he also, hopefully this is interesting to you. 
he also announced at the concert, now if you don't hear the song you want, um, I'll play it out in the alleyway. And so after the concert was done, he hadn't played the song that I wanted to hear. And so my friends encouraged me to go up. And so I go march, you know, go up to the stage as he's packing up his guitar. I said, um, loved your concert. And he says, well, thank you. I said, you, you sang a song about wine. Do you like wine? And he kind of looked at me like, oh, my God, it's a groupie. Oh, my God. And he <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, I like wine. Uh, he said, my wife, who I was singing with, my wife and I like wine. I'm like, oh, God. This is not that. And I said, well, you also said if I don't hear the song that I want to hear that you'd play in the alleyway. I said, I'm in the wine business, and I'd love to send you some wine if you'd play me my song. And so he said, okay, let me get things cleared up. And then my friends were like, you know, it's taking a while. He's not going to do it. He's trying to be polite. So we're about to head out. And he, he leaned over and said, are you ready to hear your song? So we all go out in the alleyway, and he's he's singing this song. So I send he and his wife a little six-pack of wine with toe tags, little notes like date night, oh. you know, share with pizza night with friends. And then I had sent him a couple bottles of Schrader. I said, special for you and your wife only, not good to share, you know, all these things. So from that, he then sent me music. Then they came out. Then they came to the house. And the fun part is that we have been friends now for a decade. Wow. And actually, I was mistaken. I'd seen him in Nashville, but then he was playing with Darius Rucker down in Orange County. And he said, hey, come on up. So I went back with a friend. And I went to the show a few months back, and I took him another six-pack with the toe tags. I said, happy 10th anniversary. And so wine and music, you know, have always folded together for me. So I that Drew Holcomb um, is my last concert. What a fantastic story. Thank you. Now I'm going to follow that up with asking, is there anything else that people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you have a hidden talent? I don't know. Do you rappel down mountains? Did you do something crazy as a child? Well, you said, do I, do I rappel down mountains? I had a little problem with my knee and I went into the doctor and he gave me the diagnosis. I said, you're kidding me. He said, what? And I said, runner's knee? I don't think so. It must be a misdiagnosis. <laughs> Let me guess you don't run. <laughs> Not too much. No. But um, the thing that is probably unique is I was living in New Zealand years ago before um, I came here. And I lived on a kiwi farm kiwi and horticulture and, and livestock. And I may be the only person in Napa Valley that knows how to top the triples on a kiwi. And I've mustard sheep. And um, that was kind of a fun experience. A little different. Yeah, for sure. But no no mountain rappelling. Love to ski, but no mountain rappelling. That's all right. You told us something that people don't readily know. So that's super cool. Most likely not. You've done quite a bit of traveling in your lifetime, I'm sure. Is there a meaningful or memorable trip that you can tell us about? Yeah, and one that I'd love to share is um, when I was living in New Zealand, we, the person that I was with and I went up to Tonga, Tonga. And I'd always, you know, when I went to Hawaii as a kid, I imagined, you know, huts on the beach and, you know, coconut trees. And it Hawaii was beautiful, but we went to Maui, which is more, commercial hotels right. you know and and poolside bars sure so 
when I'm living in New Zealand, we bolt up to Tonga for a long weekend. And it was everything I could ever have imagined Polynesia to be like. It was this place called Fafa Island. And we had a hut right on the beach. They'd bring you a lantern at night because there was no power at night. So you'd walk with the lantern to get your dinner and, and, you know, come back. And it was, it was primitive. The water was heated by solar sun sacks. So this was in 1993 that we were there and, um, they had a sign, a guest book and it was, you know, um, Carol Colesworthy from Napa Valley and the man that I was with at the time and from Wanganui, New Zealand. So I'd always, when I was leaving, I really did not want to leave. My heart said, stay here. And I'm watching as we're leaving on the boat, there was that moment of, I shouldn't be leaving. I, the, something really spoke to me. So years go by and I get very involved in career and, and told us a long way. It's a, it's a remote track. Um, but right after, um, in 2018, I decided as the do what you want to do travel wise tour. Thankfully I did it before, you know, we had the issues with COVID and pandemic and a friend and I said, I wanted to go to Tonga. And a friend said, I'll go with you. So we go back down to Tonga and stay at the same place. And in the um, cabinet, in the administration office, they have all the old journals. And I found where I had written in 1993 my note to how much I loved it, this and that. And then I updated it underneath it. And the thing that... Um, gave me great joy is that nothing about that island had changed. It was as perfect then as when I had been there. And then sadly, they were affected by the underground earthquake. And it is right now it is it's no longer available. So the idea on travel that where I used to think, Oh, I'll do it someday. I really have embraced that someday is today. Yeah, it's just it has to be you have to be aware that for whatever reason, things change. So that was the idea that you you can go home again, you can go back again, and it's as wonderful as it was, if not more so, from the anticipation. It doesn't always happen, but it certainly did for you, and that's fantastic. It was fun. Uh, on a little lighthearted note, is there a fun story about a celebrity or somebody Famous, enjoying Schrader wine? Actually, this just happened. So this friend, Drew Holcomb, the singer, right. was out to dinner with Andy Roddick. And Andy Roddick ordered the wine, and he ordered Schrader. <laughs> so then Drew's saying, I didn't order it. This guy ordered it. And it was really, that was, I mean, it's not That's one an on interesting one. pair. Isn't that? For well, sure. He's gotten involved with a beverage company now that's really sports aligned. So I'm very excited to see where they take that. Huh. This is just in its formative stage and they're okay. just pretty parked out. But so that's kind of a tangential celebrity story. Yeah, for um, sure. I was in love with Rod Stewart when I was little, but we never met. <laughs> You didn't send him Schrader wine. <laughs> I so, would. Well, no, no, he's married. He's happy, happily married. Yeah. But Finally, I, mean, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. And I think he does love wine. I think he's a wine I'm Sure, person. he does. Yeah. Who doesn't love He's Rod. Wine? I mean, hello. I know. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. You ready? I think so. Okay. Favorite wine pairing? I've got to go with filet and cabernet. Okay. What's your favorite flower? Peony. 
What's in your nightstand? I have, there's a store called Jenny Kane that makes these great, made these great globes. Um, and it's called a cedar aromatic. It's unbelievable. And I have that. And I have the new book by Rick Rubin, The Creative Act, A Way to Be. And um, my phone charger, like everyone else. And that's about it. I think that's it. Probably my retainer, which I'm supposed to wear. <laughs> really? <laughs> that could have been a secret. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's double dipping in the earlier question. <laughs> yeah. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Volvo in Napa, which I call the Flintstone Mobile because mm-hmm. it's a vintage, and then um, a Macan down in Newport. Okay. Last question. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. I love it. It's all about food, wine, people, joy. It's just all about coming together. Well, Carol, you are a joy. And this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. And I truly, uh, I've looked so forward to doing this with you. And I'm honored to be part of your program. So thank you so much. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.